Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Ficini. We're presented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, Dieter Kurtenbach is here and the podcast is back. Now, uh, I was planning on releasing a podcast last week and I was planning on releasing another podcast earlier this week. What what has happened to me over the course of the last little while, uh, basically just, I had to survive San Francisco. I had to survive coming up to see you, Dieter, because apparently- Most, most people say that. Apparently the Marriott in downtown San Francisco had other ideas. <laughs> well, you can tell the story. I wasn't there. I wasn't there for it. I was nursing a hangover from the night before. So Dieter and I go out the night before. We go to a very nice bar. Problematic. Uh, you know, yeah, right around like five o'clock. And then we go get a nice dinner. And then I go out with Danny LaRue after. And yeah, right. I get home, you know, one o'clock or whatever. And take my contacts out, do like normal things and then climb into bed. Right. So right, as one does earlier in the day, it was one o'clock as well. So I didn't really want to go get contact solution at 1am basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I wake up around nine o'clock and what I had done the night before was put my contacts into a glass cup because I had realized that I'd forgotten my contacts case uh, at home. So, you know, I put in like a little bit of like eye drop solution and, you know, seems like standard fare. Right. Like it's, it's not an abnormal practice. This has happened to me once before and everything went great. So, you know, and around nine 30 or whatever I go and I go try and pick up a contacts case and grab some contact solution and all of that stuff. Right. And I get back and the cup that I left my contacts in is gone. And I'm not like a hundred percent blind without contacts, but like, I'm not great without contacts. Uh, like I am not legally <laughs> theoretically allowed to drive. Oh no, you should have told me that. Um, no. Had I, had I known the the legality issue, I would have changed, changed my tune a little bit. So I like go to the housekeeper and find that she had taken the cup without realizing, realizing my contacts were in it and just like, no, put she, it did, it, in she her... did it out of personal spite. She's Clearly, like, I didn't yeah. like your latest mock draft. This is what happened. <laughs> There's no yeah. way Anthony Edwards is going one. Boom. Fuck your contacts. Right. So she takes them or whatever, takes the cup and I like go out to her and I'm like, did you move the glass cup? Like, did you put it somewhere? And she's like, I took it to clean. And I was like, yeah, my, you just like ruined my personal property. Like, what are you, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. So I call down the anytime front desk. Someone uses the term. Anytime someone uses the term personal property, you know that the manager is getting called. Yeah. I immediately call down to the front desk. I let them know what happened. <laughs> And they're like, okay, let, let us sorry, find. Sorry for laughing at your misfortune. It's still funny. It's a little bit funny. Like I'm past it now, so it's just like I'm over it. Um, it took you a while. It took me a while. It took me a few days to like be good with this. Um, so, <laughs> are you dropping? Are you dropping your Bonvoy membership? No, I won't. Because I actually do really yeah. like Marriott. Uh, so I call That's down. They're saying. like, let us let us find the manager. And great. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. Eventually the before courtyard I get by the, Marriott manager on a Saturday. That's, that's before gotta be a thing. I get 
the manager, the housekeeper comes back with the glass cup in hand and my contacts are like on the side of the glass cup. So she's like, yeah, you can still wear these. And I'm like, no, I can't still wear these. Let's let's go over the pool of whatever that that was just in and why I cannot still wear them. So I uh, call back down to the front desk again and I'm like, look, this housekeeper just brought me back contacts. If you think that is an acceptable thing here, uh, you are sorely mistaken. And they're like, yeah, great. The manager will call you back. And I wait for like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And I'm like, okay, this is like a real problem because... I have now checked during this 30 to 40 minute time. Okay. Can I get my contact lens prescription? Cause I don't have like the numbers of like that you need to know for your contacts. It's like negative two points. You got them now, baby. You know, negative four. You, um, you so my, my um, optometrist is the word, I guess. Optometrist mm-hmm. is closed yeah. on the weekends. Yeah. And stunner. I like typically get my contacts from simple, simple contacts, shout out sponsor of the show, simple contacts. And (laughs) you know, they they can't get me contacts that same day. You know what I mean? So I'm basically, I'm basically in a situation where I'm going to have to go get like, you're blind, a full eye exam, like to figure out how to function again within life. And like, to be honest, I don't feel great about going to some random eye doctor in San Francisco. Uh, well, to be fair, I do. I do. I did have a recommendation, but they're definitely not open on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. And like to pay like out of pocket, probably on this. Like, oh, yeah. I'm just oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is absurd. So I go down to the manager and I'm like, look, we got to we got to talk. So I spend like 10 minutes down there talking to the manager. The manager decides that offering to like get me an optometrist or something um like they wanted or no they didn't even offer that they offered like we could you know we could have a car take you to lens crafters or something like that and i'm just explaining like i don't i don't know what my thing is like i can't just go in and like grab random contacts and at this point this like i've also face looks like it goes to lens crafters i don't care like about only lens... motherfucker i don't i don't care about that like it's whatever um <laughs> it's not a sponsor i can't possibly put that near my ass <laughs> um so after like 10 minutes i'm like i'm not like yelling at this woman but like i'm calling out the yeah. absurdity of the situation and yeah. she's you know doing whatever and just being like this is yeah. not our fault and i'm like no this is very clearly your fault so long story short i'm in san francisco not to see Dieter's lovely face uh, I'm there to see Gonzaga St. Oh, Mary's. Oh, thanks. And to be go, to be fair, my ugly my ugly face was uh, was probably better looking than that game. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like a thirty point game. It was bad. Um, but I didn't get to see it because, like, I'm not like my eyesight is not good enough to where if I go to a basketball game, I will like not be able to see who's on the court <laughs> at a certain time, and I will get a headache from like you know the blurriness like at the peripheries of my eyes so oh yeah i call my editor and you know luckily it'd be a it'd be a weird big board after that one yeah like luckily who this guy is but he looked great (laughs) luckily my editor is awesome and he was like yeah look um i think we're just gonna have to like kill this trip so i 
get a you know trip back to los angeles and everything before that i stopped at a cvs to see like hey i wonder if like some of these glasses that are just like up on the like stand or whatever i wonder mm-hmm. if those work and they didn't apparently i found that they're reading glasses i can see things close fine it's um nearsighted so okay. apparently reading glasses don't <laughs> just work ima- just when you're nearsighted. That, that situation oh me going to like <laughs> like squinting while every, looking into cons or looking into glasses glasses yeah 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 that's um, what i'm imagining that's pretty funny so like i really i feel like i have gone through every reasonable like way for me to go to this game and at some point i'm just like bummed and i'm like okay i'm calling this i'm just gonna get a flight back to la uh this is ridiculous in yeah a number of ways and i have a rental car at the time so like i end up just like I stay on the like all the way to the right and go like forty mile an hour on the highway. Oh jeez. Um, oh jeez. Like, I get the rental car back and uh, like it's more that it's not that like I can't see big cars like on the side and behind <laughs> me in the mirrors. It's that you just like, couldn't read their license plate. Well, it's more signs than anything that's the problem. Oh, awesome. Um, so you know you have your phone in the car for transportation and navigation. And, you know, you just listen to it as it yells out directions to you. I did get lost twice, but. (laughs) Jeez, jeez, Louise. I just, so I had initially. Realistically, I should have just taken you up on your offer, but I was like, I can do this. I'm fine. I'm, I'm a self-sustaining adult. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is the last time I trust you to drive blind again. Yeah, no. Um. Got you back. survived. All Safe. I, all, I didn't actually want, I didn't even want the details when you got back to LA. I just wanted to make sure that you were still alive. Everything I was else alive was just going to make me feel bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's bad. Um, so it was a shit game though, to be fair. It's a bad game. Like, I don't think you would have noticed anything. Right. It was like a Real bucket bad. list game more than anything. Like I really wanted to go and, you know, I wanted to scout Gonzaga's guys, yeah. like, no doubt. But like going to St. Mary's in that intimate setting to see a Gonzaga game, like that's a bucket list game that I didn't get to do. So I'm pretty pissed at Marriott for that. Um, but what happened was the reason we started on this sojourn of uh, explaining <laughs> this is because it set back my work schedule substantially <laughs> over the course yeah. of the last week and a half. Because on that Friday, I'd still been finishing up trade deadline coverage on right. the next day this happens and then as you guys have probably seen i had to release a mock draft on who oh boy originally it was supposed to be tuesday this week but we decided to move to thursday after the tyrese halliburton news broke so i kind of wrote right. like a big thing on tyrese halliburton so i apologize that the podcast has not happened for about a week and a half or two weeks that's why and i'm alive it's great <laughs> <laughs> his sam's eyesight really prevented him from doing this audio medium content well it was more work than anything no like, I, I, I get it i get it i'm just i'm just making a, a joke at the inherent ridiculousness of it all yeah it was the most absurd circumstance i've ever dealt with at a hotel and Dude, just care like you're just gonna have to carry readers with you everywhere you go now well, it's just not, no I can't because I am nearsighted. Like I have to. Well, like, whatever. I'm saying. I'm saying. You know, my dad, who I, I I've never uh, worn glasses, um, but my dad might be legally blind, or at least uh, the size of the Coke bottles that he wears on his face whenever <laughs> something goes horribly awry uh, indicate that that man should not be driving. And uh, 
you just got to you got to make sure that those are always in the dop kit, baby. Yeah, clear. I, I think that that's probably right now. Like I'm I'm now at the age he, where that's a necessity. You just have to you have to have them on the ready just in case something goes bad with the contacts. You, you can't you can't leave this stuff up to chance, baby. Yeah. Oh man. You did uh, did not work out. You, lesson learned. So yeah, that's what I've been dealing with for the last uh, realistically the last like five days, and I'm finally actually caught up now on work. Like I've released the mock draft, and I'm feeling like a functional like adult again because like i ended up like writing your core what that and like i wrote until midnight last night to like finally get to a point where i am and like i wrote i think eleven thousand words yesterday to get to the point where like we were able to run the mock draft today so um gotcha it's been a day and a half and it's been a week and a half but we are uh, finally functional again here. Dieter, how have you been? It's been like five days since I've seen you. I'm fine. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> you were such a good friend up in San Francisco. You were like, I'll, yeah, I'll drive you to the airport. Like, I'll do this. Well, I didn't want you I'm to fine. die. I can't have, I can't have San Vecini's blood on my hands. The people at The uh, Athletic know where I live. That's true. They do. Um <laughs> On this episode, we're going to talk about... (laughs) What the hell are we going to talk about? A little bit about the trade deadline, I guess. Um, Mostly more about the Warriors specifically and what I think they're kind of gearing up to do. Um, We're going to talk about All-Star Weekend. Because I I have a soft spot in my heart for All-Star Weekend, mostly All-Star Saturday. Um, I don't really care about the game, but I think that it's worth just like talking about very quickly. And then obviously we're going to talk about the Oscars because the Oscars happened on Sunday and I still haven't gotten a chance to talk about them. And uh, my excitement about the fact that Parasite won. So um, Dieter, what are the Warriors doing? Uh, I think that they're doing good things to be honest. I mean, my listen, let's be. So when you, when you saw the D'Angelo Russell deal, you know, it's D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins and the 2021 first round pick. What is your Mm -hmm. immediate reaction to that? Um, given that I had been hearing that they wanted two first round picks, um, I was a little bit surprised that they, they settled for the one, um, at the same time, uh, the D thing was not working on ways that were more obvious than on the basketball court. So, uh, it, it didn't surprise me in the least bit. And I had had a pretty good, I thought I had a pretty good read on the situation. I'm not scoops or anything over here, but like it, it, it felt, uh, it, it felt extremely possible going into Thursday morning that that trade, that specific trade, because there was only one damn suitor for D'Angelo Russell, uh, could go down and that Wiggins was the only option really to come back. So it was just a question of what else they could do in it. Um, basically, the, the my understanding of the scenario is that the Warriors uh, only got the one first round pick because they wanted to do a salary dump on top of that so that they can get up and get under the luxury tax and uh, avoid repeater status going into next year. So by dumping Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans and such in the deal, uh, they didn't get the full bounty that they required, but they, they did get off of um, some money that was proving extremely difficult for them for them to move off of. And uh, in fact, perhaps even impossible given the, the landscape of the market marketplace and uh, Wiggins just makes a lot more sense for the Warriors than than Russell did. I don't, you know, I think it's uh, we could argue about ceilings and potential and stuff all day, but Wiggins is a wing. Uh, the Warriors had uh, after trading Glenn Robinson and Alec Burks, who are not starter caliber wings for a playoff team, they had a, a grand total of zero starter caliber wings. So uh, that was an upgrade. Um, 
he was not a point guard, which I'm not sure if you've heard of this guy, Steph Curry, but he is, and he's coming back here in a couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I he's already he's good. paid a ton of money. I hear he's good too. Yeah. Uh, no evidence really to support it, but the early scouting reports are positive. Uh, they, they just, they needed, they needed something. And, I, I think that most people looking on it go like, oh, D'Angelo Russell was an all-star. And it's like, well, yes, sort of, kind of. He was an injury replacement. I mean, not to say that he didn't deserve it. He was uh, very good with Brooklyn last year in a very D'Angelo Russell way. But uh, the fit there just never made any sense. He is a ball-dominant um, ISO and pick-and-roll player, and that's just simply not the way that the Warriors want to play basketball. Uh, it's certainly not the way that Curry, Clay, and, and Draymond, the now core, play basketball. Uh, so... There's that, and Wiggins, for all of his faults, and he has many, uh, can play that way, as we're seeing in the first three games that he's played for the Warriors, even though Curry and Clay aren't out there. And then the second aspect of it is, you know, it, yeah, it just, they had to take D'Angelo Russell. When they, that was the best case scenario for the Warriors. It wasn't like they were courting him for an extended period of time. It was the Nets basically doing the Warriors a favor and saying, like, hey, we know you lost Kevin Durant. Do you want this guy? And they're like, well, we can have nothing or something. And this guy's an all-star. And if we take on and sign him to a max contract, that allows us to now have that block in place. And if we don't do that now, we'll never have that block that we can move around. And so effectively, they're, pay they're playing the paperclip game for a fourth superstar. The paperclip game, the, the famous parable uh, where you have a paperclip and you can trade it up. You trade it for, you know, a, a sheet of paper. You trade it for a pen, you know, and then it all the way up to a house. That's kind of the way that they're trying to do things. And D'Angelo Russell had one suitor. Uh, his time with the Warriors certainly wasn't helping his trade value. They figure with, figure with Andrew Wiggins, they at least stand a chance of improving the value of the player at the worst. And, you know, at best, he, he blossoms into the player that he kind of always should have been. Uh, I, I think that the truth lies somewhere in the middle, and we'll see. But everything the Warriors do is about getting as many superstars on the floor as possible. They don't worry about, you know, the fit or anything like that until they kind of have to. And that's that's what happened with Russell. It just really, really wasn't working out. And, uh, yeah, they, they, they moved on. And I, I think that they made a, a slight upgrade if for no other reason than the guy plays a position of need. And uh, I, I think he still has a lot of potential to tap into, as does Russell. But, again, um, what are you getting when you have two point guards? you got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks, you got two point guards, um, at least starter caliber point guards. You probably don't have a, a good situation. I mean, you definitely have a starting caliber point guard in Stephen Curry, nonetheless. But, like, no your, your point no, is valid, no question. though. That, like, it's a problem. They just, they, it was, it was, how, how do I put this in the kindest possible terms? They didn't need to see Steph and D'Angelo play together to know that it wasn't going to work because they were asking Russell to adapt his game to better fit the Warriors style, which is space and pace, uh, defensive switching. Uh, so it pretty much uh, that, that was never going to go because defense is not really an option there for, for Mr. Russell. Um, and, you know, not, moving the rock. And they want to play a motion offense that's actually a motion offense as opposed to a bunch of guys moving around one player who has the ball the entire time. And the vibe that I got from talking to people is that every time they would try to push um, – push the notion of hey you know let's try it maybe our way a little bit like let's you know we know you're really great at this thing but it, it's kind of antithetical to what it is we want to do why don't we try you know meeting in the middle or why don't we try it a little bit our way just for just a bit it's a lost season we can try stuff out we can get weird and every time that happened he kind of like became angry and and doubled down on what it is he's good at and so 
he, he might be right. He might be right in the long run. But it, it proved that the fit wasn't there, that they were, you know, he, he said that he needed to play more off ball. He told Marcus Thompson that he needs to get in better shape to play off ball. He didn't show up to camp in shape. Uh, the Warriors were disappointed in that, though it's somewhat understandable. I mean, it, it sounds logical when he says that he plays his way into shape in training camp so that he doesn't get injured in the offseason. Uh, Warriors weren't necessarily thrilled with that concept, but they kind of let it slide. He then, you know, uh, plays this very ball dominant style game after he says he's really interested in learning how to play more off ball and do all this stuff. And the situation, of course, with Curry going out after the fourth game dictated that he be, you know, the epicenter and the onus. But when he was out, the Warriors played better ball. I mean, they just played aesthetically more pleasing ball. Uh, It was offensively equally better. And. Listen, I mean, it, it, we have to remember kind of the big picture of this, which is you lose Durant. Now you no longer have your trump card over the rest of the NBA. Now you're playing with everybody else in the same sandbox or even, you know, you're in a, a lesser level sandbox. Maybe there are, you know, maybe the Lakers and the Clippers have separated themselves and now you're fighting for seeds or, right. you know, spots three through eight with everybody else. OK, well. Identity matters. And we, I talk about this in football all the time. What are you about? I mean, what is your, your game predicated on? What is it that you want to be on a football field? Because everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And that's when you really got to lean back on what it is you know and you're good and great at. The Warriors have that identity. They had it before Kevin Durant showed up. Kevin Durant is such a transcendent player that you go, well, whatever Kevin Durant wants to do, we'll, we'll figure it out. And they actually had issues in those years trying to figure out if they should just let Kevin have the ball on the wing and do his thing. Cause it's inherently great basketball. It's certainly winning basketball, but they also have this winning basketball style. And Durant um, was a perfect fit in that because again, he's, he's transcendent. He's an all time great. It was all, it was able to work, but there was some friction there over the years was you know that iso heavy game is antithetical to the way that the warriors played in the first championship season and then the 73 win season so now durant is gone they 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 were adamant and you remember the western conference finals last year when durant wasn't there they just went back to 2015 2016 game five game five and six of uh or game six and seven of last year's uh, semifinals with with the rockets steph curry busted out the curry ones because he's like we're throwing it back to 2015 we're gonna go back and they were kind of giddy about it they were excited they love playing that style and it, it made them feel mortal again it made them feel like they had something to accomplish as opposed to sort of the perfunctory nature of that team with durant on it and they played it was so beautiful the way it was incredible they were they, they looked like them old selves again they were kind of excited to get back to that this year and russell yeah. kind of put a put put a wrench in the gears and um it's not his fault i can understand why he felt that way but it simply wasn't going to work they didn't need to see any more and wiggins for all of his faults and he certainly has many uh he's he can just slide into that quasi harrison barnes role that was let's not forget pretty damn successful they were people stupid people but people nonetheless that suggested that the warriors don't go and get kevin durant during free agency in 2016 that they just run it back because they had won 73 games and it was a great thing and a harrison barnes is really good and like don't mess up a good thing right don't mess with that chemistry like that is not the way that warriors operated they didn't listen to those people that's cool but like if you got to go back, you need that Harrison Barnes type. You need to be able to switch everything. They're switching everything again. And that's, you know, listen, it doesn't matter because they suck on offense. They don't have any dudes. They're starting Kai Bowman or Jordan Poole at point guard. Like, they, they don't have the guys. But, but you Marquise know Chris they've looks a lot better. actually battled. And, like, they've battled against the Lakers, the Heat, and the Suns. 
they look so much better. They feel more like themselves. And and Wiggins just looks like he fits. Now, we can argue over ceiling, but honestly, if you just go in with the impression of you just need him to be Harrison Barnes, it makes a lot of sense right now. His defensive awareness needs to get a lot better. I'm not optimistic that that's going to be the case, but you know, it's three games. Of course, his defensive awareness for this Warrior system isn't going to be there. So you have to wait and see. That's going to take probably a half season. We won't really know until maybe Christmas of next year if it's there or not. Um, you know, when you have the spacing of Curry and Thompson on the floor, just the mere gravity that those two bring, all of the cuts that he makes, he's such a good cutter. Um, I, I think that that's something that really wasn't tapped into in Minnesota, and it's been really evident in three games. I don't want to make a mountain out of a molehill, but like he does have a nose for when to cut. He's a, he's a willing screen setter. Like he just fits the mold of what the Warriors are looking for as a wing. And I don't think he's ever going to be an all-star or superstar or anything like that. And he probably will never will never live up to the contract. But it's not my money. We ain't counting other people's money. And Listen, a number one pick actually being a good player, a number one pick for the Cavs actually being a good player, um, you know, that that wasn't a given, uh, all things considered, <laughs> knowing the history of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like, you know, shouts to Anthony Bennett, but like, you know, like, come on. Um, he's, a, he's a solid NBA starting wing, and he's, in a, and he's in a system that can maybe maximize or at least better utilize him in the present. And that was, again, just evident that it was never going to happen. With Russell and the Warriors – right or wrong, weren't willing to change what it is they were about to better fit in Russell. And Russell wasn't willing to change to better fit into what the Warriors are about. And you forgive the Warriors for thinking, hey, we, you know, we've won three championships. We have banners here. This arena that you're playing in is a testament to you know what this style was able to bring. I mean, the franchise was bought for like $450, $500 million, and it's now worth $4 billion. And it, it's, you know, listen, that's Curry, and that's Green, and that's Clay, and that's, but it's also Steve Kerr, and it's also Bob Myers, and it's also, you know, pushing, uh, creating kind of a, a revolutionary system that's now emulated and copied by most every team in the NBA to a certain degree. Like, there, there's, you can forgive the Warriors for thinking that they have the right answer and that maybe D'Angelo Russell should listen to them. And, and I guess you can forgive Russell for, for the opposite. And it might work out, so that it might not. But the Warriors are betting that it won't, which I think tells you something inherently about the trade. Um, and uh, they're betting that their culture, which as much as it didn't do anything for um, – for Russell, they're betting that the culture that has done a lot for, you know, like a guy like Marquise Chris, who looks really, really good right now. I mean, again, not an all-star or anything, but certainly a starting caliber center in the NBA and really Whoa! tapping into some of the, I'm telling you right now, I've watched, I've watched, I've, I've watched like the last 15 games since he's gone to the starting lineup. He looks good. He's been fine. He's, he's been fine. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, what, so, what, what, what's the knock that he's just not, he's not a good defender. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's totally fair. It's a, it's a real problem, actually, if you're going to be the starting center <laughs> on the Golden State Warriors. Uh, offensively, the like... defense has gotten markedly better. I think it's, You know I think what? It, I think it really is improving. No joke. Like, he's averaging 14 and 7 in 25 minutes yeah. a night while shooting 63% yeah. from the field. Like, yeah, that's good enough to be a third big man at the very least. Like, I, I think that Marquise has <laughs> genuinely reshaped his career in a way that I did not anticipate ever happened right so right like seriously maybe, I, can... maybe i'm making of a mountain out of molehill here but i really enjoy watching him play and uh i know where my calibrations are 
when it comes to that, because I really did not enjoy watching D'Angelo Russell play basketball this year. So I, I kind of know <laughs> where my equilibrium is on how much I can dislike something, how much I do like something. And I'm even changing my tune on the Rockets a little bit with this small ball thing. I really enjoy watching them as of late. And that's not something I ever thought I'd say. So like um, it's I, I think that I think that he's found when they opened it up and they've they've asked him to do more on you know, on both sides of the floor and, and letting them run a little bit. I think that it's, it's kind of created something interesting. I don't think it prohibits them from drafting James Weissman if they determine that he's the best player in the draft or anything. But like, uh, again, I mean, this is a guy who was uh, cut earlier this season as to avoid uh, certain hard cap rules and, uh, and a guy who was on a 10 day and all this stuff like he's found money and uh, now he's paying dividends. I mean, that, that's, that's a big deal. I, really hope he does not try to leave that situation because it's the perfect situation to insulate him long term um but i agree with you he he literally had he had calls from other teams when the warriors cut him right and he deliberately did not take those calls so well they they, uh, from what i understood somewhere else yeah from what i understood there was there was a deal there where they knew that they had to cut 100 because of the hard cap and for flexibility reasons heading into the deadline and everything like it it was a sensible move on their part but you know they knew he was coming back basically so here's the here's the big question i think that essentially Mm -hmm. is what orbits this trade is yes do you think that they can get more out of andrew wiggins than the minnesota timberwolves did and can on some level rehabilitate his not just play for them on the court but how other people around the league think of him and think of how to utilize him. Because if they can do that, the Warriors now have kind of a terrifying mix of assets to pair yes. with Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Uh, you have Andrew Wiggins, who is certainly not worth $35 million a year, $32 million a year, or whatever it is. But right. he can be worth something like, you know, maybe 25 and yeah. not be like actively harmful, right? Right. And he's on that big contract. They have their own pick this year. They have the Minnesota pick for next mm-hmm. year, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about them in a minute here, but I'm not super sold on what they're doing. Um, <laughs> and then they have this trade exception that they have to use very early in this offseason from the Andre Iguodala deal. So, right. which cannot be paired with a player, uh, I've been told repeatedly in my conversations. Correct. <laughs> like, can be paired with a it pick. It has to be. Cannot be paired with a, with a pick, player. But you can. Ricky Rubio. Um, so, right. And, uh, and yeah, you a, cannot. A, a nice like, slight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you cannot actually like, like that trade exception is to get a player for what is it like 17.2 up to 17 million. Yeah. If you, you can't, you can't split it up. You can't go over. It can't, you know, it, it is, you have this amount of money. Uh, you can use all 17 or you can use four. I mean, it's just whatever you want. And so I've spent a lot of time looking at contracts that are roughly 15 to $17 million and uh, looking for a backup point guard, perhaps. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I, I think inherently the Warriors to, are To the convinced. Wiggins question, though, because I think that that's the thing. Like, yeah, that's what I was yeah, He's been uh, really good through three yes. games. He's been games really, nothing, really right? good. Yeah. And they're like the um, three games before the All-Star break where... I don't know. They've, it, they've all it, seemed kind of scrappy, to be fair. Yeah, it's kind of like the last couple weeks of the nba season like those games right. oftentimes because it's like getaway week and guys are ready yeah. for a nice little you know well, long sh- vacation it sure it sure, it sure it sure didn't feel like that in the game with the lakers um though totally they, agree to on that. the lakers did 
they they slept Lakers slept walk for portions, but that that's kind of par for the course. Um, oh, the fourth quarter the though was run, real. Oh yeah, no, they they came with a fury. Um, and then and they look good. Uh, though it's easy to look good against these Warriors. Uh, the Heat who were on a three game losing streak, like Jimmy was not about ready to turn that into a four. Um, they they came correct in that game, even though they were down. I think Hero and uh, um, somebody else and Kendrick Nunn looked terrible. And then. Last night, I don't know why the Suns and the Warriors were playing so hard, but God damn it, were they playing hard? There was just like it was, it was, it was intense. Uh, I mean, it was a shitty basketball game, all things considered, but it was, it was, it was heated. So yeah, normally those games. Well, here, are, here's are the thing: pretty in, in that game, Andrew had one of the five best games maybe I've ever seen him play, and I mean in oh, terms yeah. of being complete on the floor. He had 27 points. Yeah. That was great. Um, you know, he knocked down three or four from three. He was active. He looked like he really wanted to be there. Um, he only had four rebounds, but he had five assists and four blocks and two steals. Like, he actually yeah. really utilized his athleticism in that game in the way that everyone bitches about him not utilizing his athleticism. And it's easy to do that when you're not asked to create off the dribble. or Easier. <laughs> easier to do that. I, the Warriors are fully convinced that they can get the most out of Wiggins. I don't think that they're super gung-ho. I think they learned their lesson thinking that they could get the most out of Russell, so they're uh, afraid to uh, to you know be so light years once again, but they, they're, they're wholly convinced, even in, in just in private. Um, and they really kind of have every reason to be so. I, I, think that it, I think that whatever Andrew Wiggins has is maybe his ceiling – the, the theoretical ceiling will never be achieved in Golden State, and that part of that right. is system. But um, you're going to get that floor up big time. You're going to get a steady day-to-day performance from the guy because you're not asking him to be the dude. I mean, if it, 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 let's not forget what was going on in Minnesota. It was first option in his town. Second option is give the ball to Wiggins on the wing with like 10, maybe less, fewer seconds on the shot clock and uh, do something because you're athletic and good. And, you know, just do it. Just beat that guy one-on-one from the wing. And it's just not efficient basketball. And the Warriors don't ask Wiggins to do that, but maybe once or twice a game. Uh, and, and at worst case scenario, it's going to be fewer than 10. Whereas the Wolves were doing that damn near every single possession he was on the floor because it, everyone was just double team towns. Um, right. For good reason. So I, I think that we're going to see the floor go up a little bit. Again, I don't think he's going to be some all-star or anything, but I think he can be a really expensive, really useful role player who the Warriors gave him one responsibility before his first game. He showed up the day before, didn't practice with the team. They had a little bit of a walkthrough before the game against the Lakers. And Steve Kurtz's only instruction was run the wing as hard as you can. That's it. And that's really the only instruction that he'll ever need. Now they can work on some refinement and stuff and understanding the systems and certainly the defensive side of things. They can, uh, you know, knowledge is power and all that. And we'll see how much of that actually sticks. But like they all they want is someone to just run the damn wing. They started Alfonso McKinney in the goddamn NBA finals last year. I mean, everything is an upgrade at the wing position um, once you take Durant out of the equation. So. I think absolutely they feel confident that they can get something out of him that at the worst case, he's a useful part of a solid playoff team that might, you know, get to the Western conference finals and who the hell knows from there, because they do have somewhat of a winning identity and they know what they're about. And that might be the Trump card card in a, in a tight series. But, uh, you know, and then they have this asset. They would much rather have that first round pick and a guy that they at least feel like they can get something out of than maybe a guy with a higher ceiling and a more practical application of that ceiling today 
and no pick because again you have to remember what this team is all about they, they lost Durant they had to get D'Lo in order to even have the possibility of getting a guy like Durant back you get that other superstar in there otherwise they were just never going to happen it's that 20 million dollars that the cap jumped in 2016 you use it or lose it so they had to use it right now they're moving it to Wiggins they're going to move up I mean the goal here and it, it's the unstated but obvious goal is if Giannis or Embiid are available, the Warriors want to be in a position to make it happen. It just right. wasn't going to be the case if D'Lo if D'Lo was the only asset. So they it, you know expand, they add it up. It's the paperclip game, and they they feel like they can turn Wiggins into a better trade asset than the one that they acquired. Um, and and that's I guess the only the only aspect of the game that matters. And I think the first three games are, are pretty clear evidence that if nothing else, the system is going to help them. Yeah, and that's ultimately what I wanted to bring up here is the fact that yeah. I think the Warriors are putting themselves in position to be in the market for whatever star player comes available. Just 100%. is it Joel Embiid? Is it Giannis? Is it Bradley Beal? Like maybe he's the most realistic one yeah. that could hit the board in the next you know, three years, two years, one year. Right. Uh, because when you have this deal, you can then salary match on most superstars. And then when you have these mm-hmm. picks, like – I don't know if Washington gets a better offer for Bradley Beal than Andrew Wiggins, who is still like semi useful and two top 10 picks in all likelihood. That's a really, really good offer for someone like Bradley Beal. And like, you can throw in Eric Paschal. You can throw in what you need to if Washington plays hardball, but like, you know, but like, yeah, let's not forget what Eric Paschal is. Like he's a nice solid eighth or ninth guy on a team. He was also a second round pick. Right. You know, it's their so, third overall draft pick. Like you're not losing anything. And by the way, they got a couple of they got a couple of second rounders over the last couple of weeks in trading away Willie Cauley Stein and Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson the third. And Robinson the third's probably gonna resign here next season anyway. And he can be, you know, a halfway decent player off the bench as well. I mean, they're they're in a really good position to kind of get back into they're gonna I think that just naturally with Curry and Thompson coming back, they'll be competitive next year. But um they're in a position to really, really press an advantage that they simply weren't not in with with D'Lo around and every day that D'Lo played for this team the more obvious it was that it just it it wasn't working and and he was he was hurting his trade value more than he was helping it and they've positioned themselves within this gap year as well as Mm -hmm. any team possibly could have because they have added a draft pick they have added a their own pick and they have added an additional likely high-end value pick they have added 100%. a you know reasonable wing at the very least in Andrew Wiggins who's overpaid. It's but something. It's yeah, something. But again, but that's the and thing. they like, took they care of the they, Andre Iguodala deal about too. The overpaid thing. Yes, yeah, they don't. Absolutely we'll, not. But they've also grabbed this yeah. trade exception for Iguodala where it's they're something. going to be able to use this and get someone else that's valuable that can help them. So they and, they've done this as the, well as the, possible. They're going to be a top five team in the NBA next year. Like I am. I have zero yeah. questions about this. Isn't, I mean, I would have had a lot of questions about it had they not made the moves that they made. I have it, telling me that D'Lo, you know, Clay playing the three full time, and this that might be you know, not to extrapolate too much here, but like, yes, Bradley Beal's a better player than Wiggins, and they wouldn't think twice about it, even though it's not as clear of a fit. But Bradley Beal's really, 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 really good, and so they would just go, yes, and maybe we can get you know, but, if we want to move forward, then we'll worry Beale. about that shit later. Even right. if you don't You're in get a really Beal, good position regardless. You still have now a top five pick coming in. Mm-hmm. You have Wiggins, Curry, Draymond, and Clay. And you, you have, have whatever Minnesota is going to give you in that pick, which is top three protected 2021. And then that un- is your future protected in 2022. You have this trade exception, which you're going right. to get something for maybe using that Minnesota pick. 
Mm-hmm. And then you have like yeah. a mid-level exception and other things that you can use to make this work. And it's a non so, and it's a non-taxpayer mid-level now, which is uh, you know, it, it, de- it, it, it depends on how much they use. It depends on if they use the Iguodala deal or not. Yeah, it gets, it, gets re- it gets real murky. But, it, but my understanding is they now because they went under. And again, I'm not trying to count billionaires money here. And, and I, I think there's no virtue in being cheap. But because they went under the luxury tax, um, they do have more money to play with in the mid-level. Is that, well, that's that's accurate, right? Not necessarily. Uh, it depends okay. on where they are for next year now, um, because once okay. you use the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, uh, essentially you are hard capped at the apron, I believe. Right. And if you don't, you, if they use the trade exception, they are going to likely go over the tax. Mm-hmm. Once you account for. Uh, the whatchamacallit the draft pick that they're going to get because this draft pick underrated is probably going to cost them like five million next year so if it's the first overall pick it's going to cost them like nine million or ten million but right right if it's you know let's say it's fifth or whatever because i think that's probably the most likely pick they are going to get even though they're the worst team in the league um yeah it's still gonna only be something like you know, five to six million, but that's enough to push them into the tax. So I, I would venture they're probably going to be only looking at the not only looking at the taxpayer mid level. But that's still in this free agency still. climate, probably going to be pretty valuable for them. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, in, in again, you know, D'Angelo Russell just wasn't working. This has a chance to work. You, you can't divide by zero. And, and even just on the defensive end, right? You're losing something offensively with not having a, a player who can create the way that Russell can create. And very few honestly can do it at his level, but um, he just didn't play any fucking defense and he wasn't going to. And Dr- Draymond gave up on him after like two weeks. I mean, Draymond was big in preseason and maybe this was just switchful thinking in saying like, Oh, you know, he's long and he's smart. Like we're going to get him to play. We're going to get him to play defense. And then like three weeks later, he's like, some dudes just don't want it. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> that, that ain't good. Um, <laughs> this seems, this seems bad. I mean, there's also then the fact that they traded away Robinson and Burks who were really liked in that locker room. And when they were traded away, there was not, but a few people in that room who are like, you traded away those guys who bought in, worked hard every day and, and D'Lo still hanging around. And by the way, D'Lo, uh, really, really apparently, uh, when, when it was pretty clear he was going to get traded he played that night in Brooklyn, I think it was the Wednesday night before the trade deadline. Um, he was as giddy as he had been his entire time in golden state. And I honestly think that if anyone's going to get the most out of D'Lo, um, it will be, you know, the, the Timberwolves situation could work out really well. I'm just not betting on two guys who haven't won anything in the league and who have now been played to, you know, just, just given anything they wanted um, because there are some that believe that Delos move to Minnesota was long orchestrated and that this was part of some master plan by him and towns, which I guess credit to them. I mean, that worked out. Well, here, here's um, the but, other you know, thing too. I, I think yeah. that they knew by that night that they were moving Russell somewhere because oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a report yesterday from mm-hmm. Sean Devaney that okay. the Magic that place for me. were like looking to move Aaron Gordon at the deadline. And right. Golden State was among the teams they discussed a deal with. And So it would have been a three-way. I don't know if it would have been a three-way. I think that when they traded Russell for Wiggins, that ended. 
the magic stuff ended. Yeah. And I think that like if they hadn't, if Minnesota hadn't gone that way, I wonder, let's say, yeah. uh, if the backup was Orlando in getting I, Yeah, I did not personally. I'm not scoops here uh, again, but I, I heard that um, some people were talking about the Knicks. Um, that was laughable. So uh, it was it was that basically it was the Timberwolves or bust. Now maybe Orlando was was in the mix, but um, yeah, I, it, it, yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't hear that until I guess now um, the name came well, up and you know I'm just it was kinda, going off of this yeah. reporting here so no no, no um, and I believe the reporting I'm not I'm not yeah. knocking it. Uh, it it's it's just to the effect that I didn't hear the same thing so I can neither confirm nor deny I will say this um, the Warriors moved na- moved at the trade deadline probably more so because of the tax implications and the ability to attach contracts that would get them under. Um, the luxury tax line, right? Um, they they had a few than, than anything else. They had a few different avenues to be able to do that. Like they would have loved have... to have done D'Lo and gotten more straight up, but in, in effect, the asset that they didn't get, which would have been another first round pick, was uh, rec- you know <laughs> recompense for for those guys taking on you know Mari Spellman and, and Jacob Evans, and they didn't really want to give up Spellman, but they kind of had to. They had to do it to get so far under that it was kind of unimpeachable given the amount of uh, contracts that they had to sign. I think they signed four dudes like the Thursday, Friday after well, the they, deadline. Yeah, and, they had to because they were at nine contracts, which I think is yeah. that's going to set a modern record for lowest number of players on a roster at once, I think. Well, that's been all season, to be fair. I mean, it, yes, not on the roster not they nine. had. There were times where they <laughs> – yeah. Well, no, they – they, but they were suiting up eight guys for NBA games like on a regularly right. frequent basis this season just because of injury. Um, so it, it, it is what it is. I, uh, I, I was – as somebody who did not like watching D'Angelo Russell play basketball on a mere aesthetic basis and as someone who, you know, didn't – wasn't given a reason to uh, to to take to him as a guy, uh, and and to be fair, I hadn't been around the team because uh, I'm not sure if you know about this. They suck really hard, and uh, the 49ers were very good. And, and such is the uh, such is the plight of the columnists that you have to go with the good teams. I know it's so difficult, but um, yeah, I, I just I, I I was I was super intrigued. Uh, I wasn't in any way. I, I thought I thought that the the Warriors came out really good in that, and I would rather get out ahead of something early if you think it's get if it's going sour than really let it all go to shit because just basically this league changes so fast. Like you got to stay in a position to pounce at all times, and they, well, and, they felt and, like they know, were being held hostage a I, little bit. I was talking to someone who works for the Kings, right, and. Okay. To a yeah. much lower extent than D'Angelo Russell, right? But, like, that's what they felt, this deadline. Like, they felt like, you know what? Dwayne Dedman, it, w- it wasn't working. It, we made a mistake. Trevor well, Ariza, it yeah. wasn't working. We made a mistake on this. They wanted to get out ahead of it. Right. Like, the stuff happens. Right. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes could, you make a mistake. At least. And okay. it's better to get yeah. out ahead of it early than it is to try and make it work. And in the back of your mind, you know it's never going to work. Like it's, you know, to do the, to do the bad uh, sports radio analogy, it's, it's like the relationship mm. where you always know that, uh, you know, you're always going to be able to, uh, you're yeah. always going to have doubts in your mind. So you should always just cut yeah. the cord then. Next on the herd. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, no, it, it's entirely like that. And l- let's be real honest about what the NBA is right now. I mean, it is a player empowerment isn't, there's no counteraction to it anymore um 
that is what it is. We can argue if that's good or bad all day long, but it, the players were on the show now and that doesn't give a lot of incentive for players who are good, but maybe not a good fit to fit in. They can just right. get what they want and go somewhere they want to go. And so, you know, Trevor Ariza, like, why was he going to buy in? He, he, he didn't fit. It wasn't working. Like, why would you hold out hope that it was going to change? He has no reason to change. He'll just get what he wants. And the same thing with Russell. I mean, he just why why would he change? You'll just you'll just trade me to Minnesota, which is where I've always wanted to go. Um, so yeah, I, I think. And, and with Wiggins, it's like, well, you know, wh- where's your where's your empowerment? Uh, <laughs> the Warriors feel good about the situation, if for no other reason than Wiggins has to make this work. Uh, now he'll get paid either way, but if he wants to make something out of his career, and I guess it remains to be seen if that's something he wants or not, then. Um, then he fucking needs to make something happen here and he needs to buy in. And there hasn't been any issue in that regard. Now, maybe reaching that ceiling and tapping into the real way that the Warriors want to play, which is very smart, um, you know, trying to turn him into an Andre Iguodala. I don't know if I don't think that's even remotely close to possible, but fuck, I mean, any facsimile is worthwhile at this juncture. So before we move on, let's uh, do a quick little sponsor here for Bet Online. The footballs might be packed away, but basketball, hockey, mm. and golf uh, are just rolling right along. And you could have even yes, bet sir. on the Academy Awards at Bet Online if you wanted to. And who oh boy, are we going to talk wish. about the Academy Awards later? <laughs> uh, you can find all of the odds with our exclusive sportsbook partner at betonline.ag. They have been in the industry for over 20 years, providing customers with the first two market odds and giving you the ability to bet anytime, anywhere. Head on over to betonline.ag and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive 50% uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit and have a little fun with some betting action today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Dieter, I got to tell you, I was on that Loyola, Maryland train last Last night, uh, giddy up. It was great. They've got uh, they got Santi Aldama back in the mix, uh, okay. Spanish freshman who missed a large portion of the season. Some real value to be had on Loyola, Maryland right now, and some real value to okay, be had what, betting against Iowa State. What conference is that? Uh, Patriot League, son. Get with it. Get, I'm more of a Lehigh guy, but that's just me. No, no, no. This is not the solid verbal. We do not talk about <laughs> Lehigh. We don't you want just that. Said- you just said Patriot League. The hell am I supposed to do? That's my only point of reference. I guess actually, you know what? Truth be told, I'm a Fordham guy. My sister went to Fordham. Eric Pascal went to Fordham. That, that plays for me. Fordham, Fordham is Fordham A10 guy. now. Ah, oh, shit. You're in hell. Shows how much of a guy I am. Yeah. Shout out, shout out Loyola, Maryland. We're all here. We're all in on Loyola, Maryland now. Um, what are they, the Bulldogs? What, I what, 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 think they're the Greyhounds. Yeah, they're the Greyhounds. Ooh, I can get behind that. That's cool. Um. The last thing I want to finish on on that trade is I don't love what Minnesota is doing. <laughs> what? Just giving uh, giving a disgruntled superstar who's never won or a disgruntled super talent uh, who's never won anything, everything that he wants and putting a 33 year old head coach in charge of it like that. That doesn't sound like a problem at all. I don't know why you would be distrusting. They basically now it, it, they've put themselves into like uh, if you're Minnesota it makes sense to go get your stars, right? Like if you feel like, Hey, D'Angelo yeah. Russell is a star and now you've Carl Towns with him and they're friends. Like I understand. If it's going to work thinking. anywhere. It's going to work there. If it's going to work anywhere, it's going to work there. You now have painted yourself into such a box in terms of how you team mm-hmm. build from here on out. You basically can only get guys that are good defenders. And in that vein, I actually dislike the yeah, Robert the Covington trade 
the day right. ahead of time. If you thought that you were going to get D'Angelo Russell the next day, you absolutely 100% keep Robert Covington. Uh, of course. The reason that you do that is, and like, I understand, like they got Malik Beasley, Wancho Hernan Gomez, a first round pick. Like that's actually a lot for Robert Covington, I think, even though you're going to have to pay Beasley and you have to pay Wancho this summer. Having said that, Robert Covington and Jarrett Culver is basically, and like to an extent, Josh Kogi, like that's actually the guys that you need in between Russell and Towns at the pivots, right? Like mm-hmm. you actually mm-hmm. need guys like that who can be elite level defenders. Culver is already a really, really good defender. Now, how far he's going to go in the NBA is going to be dependent on how fast he can fix the jump shot. But Robert Covington right. is the perfect guy to have in between Carl Towns and D'Angelo Russell. And I don't like making that move ahead of time if you thought there was a chance that you were going to be able to get Russell, who was clearly, since the summer, the guy that they were trying to get. 100%. 100%. I, I'm with you. It doesn't make a lot for team building outside of the sense that Towns was starting to get disgruntled, and they go, well, how do we make Baby happy? And you know, I guess they, they got him a pacifier for now. We'll see. Maybe Again, if it's going to work, it's going to work there because those two do have somewhat complementary games. I can see that one-two punch really being effective. I can also see them giving up 147 points per game on average because, Jesus Christ, neither of them want to play any defense. And that's kind of important. Even, you know, say what you will about guys like James Harden. Like, sometimes he tries. I mean, sometimes there's the effort. And, and he yeah. does have the ability every now and again. Like, geez, I mean, it, it, talk about a one-way force. And, yeah, none of these guys, none of these guys out there, you can feel confident as you're saying. Like, I, I don't even think Robert Covington could fix the problem, but, um, geez, at least at least he'd help. It's, it's going to be rough goings, and it's another, you know, it's another reason that the Warriors were betting against the Timberwolves. I mean, <laughs> as much as we say, like, well, you know, they might have sold low or whatever. Like, they basically said, yeah, we'll take that guy and we'll make him better than you ever did. You can have this guy who we don't want after four games with Stephen Curry, three maybe. And, um, by the way, we want those draft picks because we definitely think this isn't going to work for you. It probably backfires just because it's so goddamn brazen. You don't want it to work, but fuck, I mean, they, they really, it it was a call out and, uh, we'll see how it plays out. And I, I think, I think they're in the same camp as you, Sam. And, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not a, uh, a full believer in the Timberwolves now suddenly turning into a a playoff team. I I don't think that the infrastructure of that organization is there to make that happen. Yeah. uh, I generally agree with all of that. So um, let's move on. Let's talk about all-star weekend. Are you excited that uh, despite his growing injury, Dame Dalla is going to be performing at all-star weekend. I'll tell you this. uh, Dame can do whatever the fuck he wants. (laughs) Totally agree. I'm um, in on Damian Lillard, just as a human, just like I'm as a person. So, I'm so in on Damian Lillard. I was looking at his shoes yesterday. Didn't pull the trigger. Maybe I do. Um, it, he, yeah, Dame is is second to none. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. He is a supernova right now in all things. And, uh, you know, most of the time I think that, you know, athletes trying to be rappers and stuff is super corny and, you know, whatever. I, I, I understand having hobbies and such, and you certainly have the money to produce whatever it is you want to produce. Uh, he's halfway decent uh i think he's actually good good at it yeah he's actually pretty good at it and uh you know what all uh, he's certainly not uh ruining the sanctity of all-star weekend or anything i have a tradition of avoiding all-star weekend outside of like the three-point shooting contest which is on and i make something for a a light lunch perhaps uh or a late dinner uh it's uh 
yeah, I just don't care about the all-star game in general. And even though it's in my hometown, I just, you couldn't fucking pay me to go. So in general, I what agree are you about excited the game. about when it comes to that? Like why, 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 why should we care? Why should we care about all-star weekend? Sam? I can't, Talk I can't get excited about the game. I, I mean, like maybe on some level there's a bit of excitement cause I'm, I want to see what they do for Kobe Bryant and he always took the game very seriously. So I find that part of it interesting. Um, mostly though, I don't really care about the game. I am like a big all-star Saturday fan. I love Mm -hmm. it. Like I love the three point contest. I love the dunk contest. All of it is just super, super fun to me. And if you can go toward, if you can go and go see a dunk contest that has like guys who are really, really good, like this year has Derek Jones against Aaron Gordon. And I am ecstatic for that. Like, I think it's going to be super, super fun. Um, yeah. You know, if it's not a great dunk contest, then I probably don't think you have to go. But it's it's a fun little weekend. Like I'm I'm pumped to watch uh, Devin Booker try and win a three point contest, and yeah, you know, I'm pumped God, to watch. Was... I'm pumped to watch Derek Jones leap and like be Holy the best shit, dunker on earth because I seriously believe that he is the best dunker on earth. And the fact that he didn't win his last dunk his last dunk contest is crazy to me. I saw him posterize some poor uh, warrior who's on, I don't even know who it might've been Chris Jesus. Uh, he jumped from like the elbow. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, and he Whoa. does this shit all the time. All the time. Yeah. I watch a lot of the heat games and you're just like, he doesn't really, he's okay. I mean, he's got something to him. He's long as hell. Um, he probably could stand a little weight, but uh, at the same time, don't, don't mess with perfection when it comes to dunking. Cause he'll just, it's it's incredible. I mean, there's it's next level bounce. I mean, there's no one who even really comes remotely. Is there anyone in the league that you think comes remotely close to having his kind of hops? I mean, you could convince me as a 60 inch vertical. Well, I would have said Zach Levine prior to the injury, but I think that, yeah, it's just not there anymore. Yeah, the injury just like his sapped like that 10 percent maybe of his yeah. leaping ability and has made it you know a little bit different. I think Derek Jones is the best. I love I love him. I'm excited. I am super, super pumped to watch him try and win a dunk contest. It is his, it is his right to win a dunk contest, and he deserves it. Uh, I am. It is his right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you see this guy dunk at UNLV in high school, no, I know, I know. Like, I know. It's unbelievable. I think. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, that's about it for All Star Weekend. Yeah, I, I do yeah. like kind of enjoy the celebrity game. Weirdly. I'm not super excited about celebrities in the game this year, but I derive a very strange enjoyment from it. (laughs) Morbid curiosity. Um, Unless Wynn Butler's in it, it doesn't count. I don't think he is. I don't think Arnie Duncan's in it. And like, it's a, it's a weird cast of characters this year in the, is it a bunch of you? Is it a bunch of shitty YouTubers? thought you were going to say, is it a bunch of youths? And I was going to be like, you are the oldest motherfucker in the world. To be fair, it's probably going to be a bunch of youths. <laughs> oh my God. Let me pull up the list. Pull up the list and let's see how many of these people I actually know. Okay. And so I'll com- be bluntly honest. Here we go. Common. Okay. I know Common. Bad Bunny. I know Bad Bunny. Hannibal Burst. I'm off to a, I'm off to a Rick Rolling Stone. I know Hannibal Burst. So they're just getting Chicago dudes. Kane Brown. No, no, probably wouldn't recognize the face, but cer- certainly couldn't put a name to it. Kane Brown, okay. John Batiste, like the 
um, like the jazz pianist and yeah, or, the Colbert uh, guy plays like hey. yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I know, I know, I know John Batiste, Alex Moffat, Alex Moffat from SNL, yeah, yes, Jose Andres, should I know Jose Andres, the chef? Oh, okay, okay, I know uh, that guy. Famous Los, nope, I, I don't know who that is either. Uh, Jadena, nope, you definitely know Jadena. Jadena. He's the classic man rapper. No. He's a song in one of the um, Luke Cage episodes that Mahershala Ali like bumps his head to. And he's like in the. uh, Didn't get around to Luke Cage. It's pretty good. Uh, Chelsea Gray and Quentin Richardson are the two WNBA and NBA players. Okay. The other two. I know both of them. Yeah. Okay. Other team. Uh, This this ought to be rich. Chance the Rapper. Quavo. Who is that? Yeah. Quavo. Uh, Quavo. Taylor Bennett. I don't know who that is. That's Chance the Rapper's brother. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, LaRoyce Hawkins. Not Leroy Hawkins, former uh, eighth inning setup man. No. Um, He's apparently (laughs) an actor. Former Chicago Cub great LaRoy Hawkins. That'd be the Uh, best. Um, Actor on Chicago PD. Yeah, well, that would be why I don't know him. Anthony Spice Adams, a.k.a. Cream E. Biggums. Actor, comedian, and former. He's an Instagram guy. He's an Instagram guy. Yeah. Um, Chicago. Chicago Instagram guy. I I know that guy. Mark Lazary. Mark Lazary. Why do I know that name? Is he also on a Chicago uh, (laughs) civil service show on NBC? He's an owner of the Bucks. Um, Oh, that's bad. Ronnie 2K. (sighs) Okay, fine. Uh, Caitlin Ohashi. Not going to lie, I got nothing for you. Gymnast. Uh, Lil Rel Howery. Yeah, I know him. Asia he, was, Lu- he was very good. He was very good. In, uh, if, if you don't know him, he was uh, he was the comedic aspect of Get Out. Yeah. Uh, Asia Wilson and Darius Miles. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, well, you did I, better. That went a lot better than I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that I'm could a- done really poorly. I think I only missed like three or four. Yeah. I actually don't know who Bad Bunny is. That's a... That's a you oh, might have beaten did, me was, on this actually. No, because I knew Bunny was literally Bad Bunny literally was in the Super Bowl halftime show this year, so you're gonna have to catch up. Oh, okay. That doesn't help, but okay. <laughs> um I mean, yeah, no, he, he he's he's a uh, Puerto Rican descent rapper. Cool. I'm here for it. Yeah, it's pretty good actually. Yeah. It banks. And then that's uh it's Team Wilbon against Team Stephen A. Oh Jesus fucking Christ. God damn it, why'd you have to mention that? <laughs> I don't know how you're allowed eh, whatever Listen. I'm very in on Stephen A I'm very in on Stephen A <laughs> I would rather watch Stephen A play in it because to be fair I bet he'd give somebody something he's smart not to do it there's no, there's nothing that can be gained from this um, or at least a very narrow band of gain uh, but I would like to see both Wilbon and Stephen A play in the celebrity I would watch I would make an appointment viewing to watch I, that they should try to make it as bad as possible I would watch like a shooting stars competition between Will Bond and Stephen A. Yes. Y- yes. I mean, no question. I'm here for that. So That'd good. be great. Cause I actually, I have a feeling that like Stephen A might, might be okay. You know, he's, you know, he's got like a, a wicked 18 footer. Just yeah. like let him get to a spot. And I also feel like Stephen A would like stay in the gym for 18 hours ahead of it so that he wouldn't look like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Get Rabbo. Is that what that's called when you, you overwork and your your mitochondrion just shut down? <laughs> Isn't that Stephen A's like permanent state? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. 
I mean, I've been trying to make it a priority to get eight hours of sleep a night. And like Stephen, A sleeps like three or four. Like, and I have no Crazy. idea how he does it. I try, I try to do radio like tremendous. He's not like fucking Dave Kapler out here, 3% body fat, like either. So like, I'm not certainly, uh, purporting myself to be in as good a shape, but nor should he. And, uh, I have no fucking idea how he does it. He doesn't, he just drinks tea. I'm like, how do you, how do you maintain you the about Skip Bayless or I, Stephen A. Smith? I'm talking about both. Well, Bayless is in an unbelievable shape. Like, holy right. shit. Like, that, that shout, shout out yeah. Skip Bayless. Like, no, respect. Mad respect. Um, Skip Bayless is like, what, 71 years old? He's got to be old, man. He's got to be old. He's old. He's jacked. old as hell. He's old as hell. And that dude could like, that dude, yeah, that dude could kick somebody's ass. In the words yeah. of Ed Orgeron, the day that I can't kick somebody's ass is the day I can't, I don't get out of bed anymore. It's Skip Bayless lives quote. that lives that motto lives that creed it's a great motto i'm fucking about it um now it's it's some like ridiculous like are you sure i mean he won the national championship so now he's unimpeachable when they lose five games next year it's going to be funny when it's like are you sure he's not the strength coach but um yeah it's uh yeah i have no idea how Stephen a i know how skip does it because he just does it in the morning you just shift your schedule you have four hours and it's certainly hard to do for four hours this and that but doing the two jobs at the one time with the columnist thing and then doing radio at night it's just like i no, you will get nothing but respect out of my mouth from for Stephen A. Smith. That man is a cyborg. Oh my god! So uh, he would yes. definitely kick some ass in that game, if Stephen nothing A's else. Best. Yeah, he's he's I'm, great. I don't I'm I don't know when Stephen we A. all decided to change our mind on him. I think I've been on this train for a while, um, but I'm I'm glad that we're we're about it now. <laughs> um. All right. Let's uh. Let's finish up on the Oscars. Just talk here. about the Oscars at me. Talk about. I I was excited. I was. Did you watch that, the Oscars? Uh, yeah, yeah, I watched. I watched some of it. Uh, it did feel like that? the death rattle of. Uh, yeah, it felt like the death rattle of Hollywood. Um, oh God! It was, it was, I don't know about that, but like. <laughs> it was um, first off, what a shit show inherently. Uh, you need a host. I know no one wants to do it. You need so a here's, host. Here's the reason that you need a host. You need a host so you don't have to do 97 musical numbers. It was unbelievable. Like, why did they play? The 18th anniversary of Lose Yourself. I mean, I celebrate it, but I didn't know why the Oscars had to. Yeah, and it did lead to a lot of, you know, white people dancing in their seat gifs, which I'm here for. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe there was a win there, but, oh, boy. But it was bizarre. Very, very bizarre decision. It was a legitimately bad show. Yeah, I thought the show was bad, and I did not love a a lot of the speeches. Uh, like I thought Brad Pitt and Laura Dern were great as you would expect because yeah, Brad Pitt and Laura Dern are terrific. They're, they're winners. They're winning the best people. human beings. And then Joaquin rambled for a while and Renee Zellweger. Oh boy. <laughs> Re- yeah. Renee took us well, on a journey. <laughs> well, well, the beauty of the Renee Zellweger thing was looking up who the, uh, robust man next to her was we we spent uh the the five minutes of her journey uh being like that can't be her husband right i, I uh, want to know wasn't... who her shoulder and traps guy is because oh good call good she call. is jacked like i love yeah. she she's done incredible work on her shoulders and traps she looks like she yeah. could throw a fastball 97 mile an hour i'd pay to watch it that would be a really that would have made the oscars far more interesting to be fair if they also had to compete feats of strength um, oh, that'd be in great. order to, to win. <laughs> I'm great for it. And then like um, the other thing with the host is too, then you have these random people like George Mackay who like you've seen 1917, to, right? No. 
So you had no idea who George Mackay is, I assume, right? I was able to I was able to piece it together rather quickly. The amount of people that came up on the stage and said, "You don't know who I am," and it's like, then why are you on the state stage? Like, yeah, like, did they just go to Lin Manuel Miranda and just be like, "Hey, you got anyone for us?" People love Hamilton. Yeah, he's like, like, "Do I have people for you?" Like, I know who Zazie Beats is, but the fact that you have to go up and introduce yourself as, "Hi, I'm Zazie Beats. I was in the I was in Joker." Like, it's not great. It's not super great. It's not good. We can all get over Um, what Kevin Hart said. It wasn't good. (laughs) We can all get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Just let the. How about how about this? How about we just shame people and then we figure it out? Like, I'm not getting too deep on it because there are certainly people who've done truly terrible and horrendous things, and I'm not trying to belittle anyone's cause here. But like, fuck, everyone's disqualified from everything all the time, and uh, I get it. I'm glad that we're more conscious about that kind of stuff and not letting things glance over. But fuck, the Oscars needed a host. Yeah, uh, it, it was I bad agree. television, and you know what? The ratings reflected it. It was like Adam Silver was running the goddamn Oscars. Yeah, I, they need a host. They badly need a host. I think. Um, just have just have Bong do it next year. Just have Bong do it. Bong is the best. And like, if <laughs> you've been a... paying attention to like Bong's career, like yeah, in any which I way, have, I love Snowpiercer. Saw Snowpiercer in theaters. Oh, that's great. Good for you. I did yeah. not see Snowpiercer. It was really good. Um, it was really Snowpiercer good in theaters. It was bitching in theaters. Memories of Murder is great. Like the host yes. is great. Like so many of these movies are fantastic. And it's almost like he's good at this. Bong is fantastic in general. Oh yeah. He's everyone's everyone's favorite chubby director. I'm so glad that people are like getting to see him and how like he's a genius, but also like awkward and very human in a way where like he's, he's relatable as opposed to being like larger than life. Right. Um, I'm very much for the extroverted, but not big uh, geniuses as opposed to the introverted like yeah. my genius can never be understood he's like no you 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 can understand it like yeah it's pretty straightforward he's it, or <laughs> like special. or like martin scorsese where like i have uh, no problem like i actually like martin scorsese movies and like i don't yeah, have I a huge problem with them but like my man's like out here talking about like superhero movies not being movies and or not being cinema I, and all this stuff yeah, like getting to, guys those it's, people it's are okay. called definers yeah, I, like, I don't... You I don't, don't get need, to define shit. Yeah, like, I, I don't need you to define this stuff, I guess. Like, you yeah. still got... Someone gave you $200 million to freaking age Brad, or uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino back 10 years. Like, Giddy up. How, are, how are we complaining about uh, the state of the film industry right now? And, like, there are actual <laughs> complaints. Like, the fact that the middle oh, yeah. rung of film in terms of budget, the... You know, $20 million to oh, yeah. $60 million film doesn't really exist anymore, and that's a huge bummer. Like, 100%. that stuff does matter, but that's not what you're bitching about right now. What you're complaining about is the fact that you don't like superhero movies, and I'm not about that. Like, just let people like what they want. You don't need to define this stuff. 